Hello folks, it's Adam back again with another TPNP Pilot Network podcast episode. Today I get a chance to talk with Alex Tapia about private wealth management and his company Aviation Retirement Strategies. Now I am not allowed to or can or should you ever listen to me about anything financial. In fact, this podcast gives no direct advice on taxes, investing strategies, wealth management, or anything else to do with money or anything like that. So this is not intended to be a tax, financial, or wealth management strategy session episode for you. You should not take my advice at all. However, if you do want advice on this stuff and you want to be put in good hands, Alex Tapia and his folks at Aviation Retirement Strategies are the folks for you. The reason I say this, it sounds like a sales pitch. It's not. Uh, Alex and the ARS folks came to us uh, with TPNX, our first big TPNX in 2022. And we had the, uh, Alex show up and we loved him. Great dude, really good people that work at ARS. And the thing that was different than anybody else that we'd really talked to is this is a pilot who became a professional wealth management uh, director and understood where we come from in not only our thought process, but also the benefits that we have at our airlines and through the military and stuff like that and how to essentially be the most efficient we can be at uh, not only investing, but just having, as Alex says in the episode, a flight plan for our financial future. Uh, and he guides me through kind of a personal experience, experiential learning process that is kind of the 35,000 foot view. But Again, and, and you can hear me talk about this, but let's hear Alex talk about it. And then don't listen to this for any of your uh, taxes, uh, financial or wealth uh, management strategies. That's not what I do. But if you need to talk to Alex, go directly to him. You can go to the pilotmoney.com or excuse me, pilotmoney.com and get in contact with Alex and his team. Uh, they are an investment fiduciary. They can help you with all this kind of stuff. Um, I'm actually going uh, with them. I have an appointment set up. I had this over overview uh, we're getting ready to get down and dirty in my world take a look and if you uh if you want to talk to him directly and in person tpnx 2024 uh in minneapolis on the 19th and 20th uh, him and his team will be there they're flying up from houston uh you'll really enjoy chatting with him but instead of me talking at you about this why don't we get to the conversation with alex tapia hope you enjoy it alex how's it going dude it's been a minute we haven't uh, had a chance to really talk <laughs> since TPNX of 2024. Last year, yeah. Great time, by the way. Awesome yeah, time. Yeah, good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. So uh, we're going to jump right into, I, first of all, before we get into ARS, what you guys do and your history in the finance world, I think the membership who didn't get to meet you and have a chance to chat with you or don't even know who you are yet, uh, you have a background in aviation that speaks to a lot of people out there who uh, I think ARS can do a lot of help for, but you also can do a lot of mentorship because you've seen the uh, the other end of the spectrum. I've been there, done that, man. Yeah, you've been there, done that. But it, it wasn't always uh, sunshine and rainbows as it is in the industry right now, as we were talking yep. before the show started. So, Alex, um, why don't you just tell me a little bit about like your history in aviation and how you got involved in this wonderful career field? Yeah. So yeah, kind of long story, you know, it goes back to the late eighties, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm that old. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 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 long story short, you know, I, I fell in love with flying after I had no idea what I was going to do after high school. I was not a great student. Um, and, I uh, found, uh, the school here, this ab initio program here for Continental Express here in Houston. And, um, I went to work for a year, saved up enough money to get my private license. Um, and uh, got started, and I mean, it just, I just, you know, it just, m most people will understand, it just clicked for me, you know, and I went straight to the top in the grades, and uh, it just, it, it, to me, it defined everything that I needed, everything that I, everything that I need as a person to be cl as close as being self-actualized as I possibly can be, uh, aviation did that for me, so uh, I sold my car, got my instrument rating, uh, you know, made it all to a CFI and all that kind of stuff, and uh, 
uh, you know, long story short, I uh, eventually uh, made it to the commuter airlines. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember, uh, but back then, you know, commuters, if you wanted to get on, you had to pay for training. Yep. Um, and uh, which is just, I'm, I, I can't fathom that concept even today. Uh, and uh, so I got a couple of jobs, especially with Continental Express. I turned it down for that reason. So I went back to CFIing and uh, charter. I was an air ambulance captain, you know, uh, did all kinds of stuff, uh, flew some helicopters and did everything basically. Eventually uh, got a four year degree out of U of H. Uh, University of Houston, and uh, right after that, uh, got hired by American Eagle Airlines, who was the only airline at the time not charging for training. Uh, so I was making a whopping seventeen thousand dollars a year uh, Big doing bucks. that. Like, yeah, ATR. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was rolling the dough, man. I <laughs> yeah. mean, you're 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 a twenty five year old kid, you know, you had no no responsibilities. So yeah, I was making money. I probably have more money then than I do now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so got to that and I did that for a couple of years. And luckily enough, uh, after two years, uh, US Air called me and um, uh, to come up to Pittsburgh. And I got hired with them. And back then, we were the highest paid airline pilots in the industry at the time. Uh, I was flying, uh, the, I got on them uh, flying MD-80s based out of Pittsburgh and uh, did that for almost three years. 9-11 happened. Um, and uh, of course, as you, as everybody knows, the industry would just just turned upside down and uh, there was really nothing that you could do as a pilot. Um, and, um, you know, I, so I got furloughed basically from US Air. US Air got hit really hard after 9-11. They closed three of their main bases, Reagan being one of them in Washington and, and uh, you know, New York and all that stuff. They went bankrupt three times and uh, I was furloughed in March of 02. And um, <clears throat> back then, you know, uh, I had a little bit of savings. Of course, I was just married. I, 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 you know, my, my beautiful wife, she, I met her at, at U.S. Air, uh, and uh, my daughter uh, was on her way. Uh, she was born in 2002, uh, September of 2002. And uh, basically, I had to take a year off to find a job because my prospects of going back to U.S. Air anytime soon was just not, I, I just knew it wasn't feasible. Yeah. And um, uh, basically, I couldn't find the job. I mean, literally anywhere. I finally did find one job flying um uh, they offered me a contract for three years flying left seat MD-80s out of Jakarta, Indonesia. And, um, you know, which is great, but, uh, you know, I have a family and a daughter. And, uh, you know, back then, and I say this completely out of ignorance because I, we know better today, but back then, as far as we knew, Muslim people were trying to kill us. You know, yeah. that's kind of like the news story that you were being fed. And, uh, you know, not not political or in, or anything like that. It's just you know it's, it's something that that we we just we just weren't we're, we didn't know what was happening, and for me to move my family because it required a move to Jakarta, which is Muslim central, um, I just didn't think was a good idea at the time. I wasn't comfortable with it. And of course, we know now that you know obviously it's it's not a you know that not everyone's trying to trying to get after us, but at the time I didn't feel comfortable, so I I, uh, I turned it down. And at that point, I was out of money and. Um, you know, so I had to start a company and, or start doing something. And, you know, people always laugh when I say this, but when you don't have a job as a pilot, um, it's very, very difficult for us to find a job because we make really crappy employees. We, we get fired so fast because we're not used to having a boss. We're just not of that mentality. And, um, uh, so, um, yeah, so unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I I had to do something and I, I started doing what I'm doing today. I know we're going to talk about a little bit more about that, but as far as aviation wise go, Goes, yeah, I've been there and done that. Done, I've been the flight instructor. I've been every route. The only thing I haven't done is military flying, which, you know, obviously I would have loved to, to do that, but that just wasn't in my cards. But I've done basically everything else, including airline flying and commuter flying. And so the guys that are that we meet at your conference, you know, they're they're kind of in that spot. You know, they're military or they're a commuter. And, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of at that point in time where they need to make a decision, which is, a, you know, life-changing decision for sure. them of who they go with and Unfortunately, today they have a choice, which is great. Yeah, you know? definitely a choice. Uh, and I think, you know, looking back at a history like that, a lot of us we learn through uh, through exposure. Like I mean, like you said about moving to Jakarta and and just not knowing what we don't know is sometimes yeah. can lead us down a path that uh, that maybe not the right decision for us in the long run. Um, yeah. I, mean, I I look at it the way I I, I flew Beach nineteen hundreds in Afghanistan. And I oh, had, fun. I had a, uh, I mean, I, I was still military at the time, but I was doing it part-time and I had a, uh, a girlfriend who became my fiance and then my wife, but we weren't to the kids level yet. And had I had kids, I don't know if I would have gone down the road I did 
because I would have been gone for large stretches of time. Yeah. Um, and I also, then I took a job with Atlas and I've been gone for large stretches of time, uh, there before I'm, I got to my current airline, but at, I also had, I, I wasn't sure of how to make ends meet. Um, yeah. cause I was going to the guard. I was get, quitting a full-time job for a part-time job. I still had it better than most. And I it was 2012 when this is happening. So it was better. The times were better, but they weren't great still. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. Nobody was really hiring the, um, there was a couple onesie twosies here and there who were starting to hire, but the reality is, is it's such a different situation now. Uh, yep. and, and I think what we're talking about today or what I really wanted to talk to you about, and we'll get into, uh, looking at my personal, uh, financial structure because I'm at a, I'm at an inflection point in my career as well, where I'm at year nine, uh, wide body guy making r really great money, have a stay at home wife with two little kids. And I have a desire to make my money work for me with the velocity of money that uh, you, you've been on uh, Tate Derrier's podcast, uh, Passive Income Pilots um, podcast, and how he does stuff with Turbine Capital. And the reality is, is a lot of folks are at that inflection point, whether it's leaving, retiring from the military and going to uh, uh, the airline or job of their, of their choosing after they're done or uh, folks who are just starting at a, a commuter and it's not making 17 grand a year anymore. It's making 170 grand a year your first year because of all this bonus money. And instead of taking that money and going, woohoo, I'm loaded and I'm 24, we can make that money work for us and a lot better. Now, mind you, this podcast uh, is not meant to be a financial uh, directive podcast. We offer no tax, legal, or financial advice that you should ever use. This is two guys who are talking. If you want financial advice, you go to Alex directly, and you work with his team of professionals. Um, but yep. here, we're going to give you the basic I idea of what ARS does and what Alex can help you do as you move forward. So, Alex, can you take us through basically how you started uh, uh, your company and what you are what you've done for not only TPN members who've met you at uh, TPNX, but other industry professionals uh, in throughout across the board, not just airline pilots, but across the board. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you know, so it, it may be best for me to start, you know, why I started this thing to begin with, you know, there's a very <clears throat> logical, it seems very illogical from the service. Like how did this guy flying jets for me <laughs> turn out to be a financial advisor? Sure. Never take, uh, with, never take financial advice from another pilot. Right. That's yeah. The old, that's right. The old, so, that's um, what we always say. you know, I, I, um, you know, I was familiar with this, with this world, uh, because of my brother, he, he's in this world. Uh, and I used to do a little bit of financial planning from basically data input while, you know, not that we read or do anything else in the cockpit other than flying, but you know, we, uh, just a little basic data input and throw a couple of bucks my way. So there was some lunch money basically. Uh, but I was familiar with this industry and I knew how it worked. Um, and you know, the reason why I wanted to do this when I went in it and I, and I got all my license and everything is because I remember distinctly when, when I went, went from making $17,000 a year to um, $90,000 a year walking onto the property basic in dock at US Air, which is to me, I mean, I was like, load, I'm, I'm Trump now, you know, I'm a billionaire. Like, that's how it felt like, you know. And um, so basically, and, and this happens today too, and, and you probably remember this, and anybody going through your program, getting on with a major will go through this. Uh, you know, you get invited in, you sit down and you go to basic and knock. And for the first week or so, they give you the Kool-Aid of we're the best airline in the world, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're going to upgrade in three weeks. You know, you're going to be a wide body, 787 captain, whatever. You know, they give you this Kool-Aid. And, 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 you know, uh, you kind of learn how the system works. And then about a week later, um, HR comes in uh, along usually with a union rep. Uh, APA, APA, SWAPA, doesn't really matter. And it, it's basically the same thing. Um, and they tell you about, um, the benefits, you know, and the benefits are so extensive at an airline that they're so phenomenal. Um, I could not, I have a pretty large company and even if I wanted to, I could not, uh, buy what you guys have. It's just not available. You have to be a global conglomerate to have the kind of benefits that's available to you guys. Um, and so, but, you know, so the airline has to give it to you because for them, it's, it's not only a retention tool and it's, it's a recruiting tool, uh, especially these days, because they're all trying to outdo each other, which is why Delta United American Southwest, they have all these amazing contracts now. 
but basically to tell you, hey, we have this, blah, 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 401k, defined contribution plan, uh, market-based cash balance plan these days, what all that kind of stuff. And um, so congratulations, you know. And then the union will come up and say, yeah, we got the stuff. It's because of us that you have all this great stuff. We negotiated this for you, blah, 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 blah. And, um, yeah, congratulations. We'll, we'll see you on the line. And that's about the extent of the financial education that an airline is going to give you. Number one, as a pilot, when you first get hired, you are not worried about your 401k. First of all, you got to pass a check, right? You're on probation. You're all these things. You're not worried about how you're going to manage your money. You mm -hmm. just know you have it and then you, you, you may get it set up or whatever. Um, and then, uh, you know, and also it's also the, 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 the airline is there. It's not their job to teach you how to do it. Their job is to give it to you. Nobody will really ever show you how to properly use your benefits to the best of your ability, kind of like pieces of a puzzle to put all the pieces together and make them fit together so that they represent your individual unique financial life because every pilot has a unique financial Once you step out of the cockpit, we have absolutely nothing in common. Your financial life is literally as unique as fingerprint. And, um, you know, so so nobody teaches you how to do that. And, um, and so most pilots, the way I always equate it, and this is people kind of laugh when I say this, but, um, you know, imagine like people behind me, this is this I'm here in Houston, Intercontinental Airport, you know, imagine you're United Airlines and uh, you're flying a, um, a your benefit package is the equivalent of flying a 787. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an amazing machine goes far, very efficient, you know, cabin pressure is nice and low. It's an amazing thing. Most pilots, if that were to be your benefit package, most pilots are flying around the 787, but they never put the gear in the flaps up. They were never able to take advantage of what this thing can actually do and what it can offer you and the things that you can do with it. Uh, the airlines these days certainly give you the tools, just nobody shows you how to use them. So because of that and having that, having had that experience, uh, you know, I decided to create a, a what, what we call a private wealth management firm, um, which is a little bit different than your average financial company that's a little more higher end. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a world that most people are not part of, except for the uber wealthy people. So I decided to, to create a firm and make that world available to professional pilots. And that's what ARS really is. I think that is one thing that Matt and I have really hammered on uh, when we go after these companies to partner with is heart of a teacher people we it's not the company it's the people that we want to work with and we we, we get along with alex really well and, and respect what he's doing so it's something that we realize that okay these are the kind of people that we want to work with and when we look at that that is definitely paying it for it's like the tpn model pay it forward try yep. to make it better for those because like you just said you had none of this when you started uh, when i started yep. uh going down the road of trying to become an airline pilot there was some information out there, but it was so wide, widespread, and it was from, you know, Dogball69 on uh, Airline Pilot Central was the username. have no idea where this pilot, or if they e even are a pilot, where they're from, who they fly for, if they fly for anybody. All I do is put my faith in what I read on the internet. And what I wanted to do uh, with TPN was create a place where there was a face and a name and somebody that you could go to who you knew through a yep. friend of a friend right. of a friend. But you didn't yep. know you knew that person. And this is why that pay it forward mentality really works for all of us. And the way I'm looking at this is I'm sitting here saying, okay, I have the ability to network with somebody like Alex, who maybe if I didn't have this, I might never have met you unless it was word of mouth. Uh, yep. I hear from somebody else from somebody else. And, and I, I, I'm not in Houston, so maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't hear. Maybe I don't hear through my airline connections who you are so this is one way we can do that in kind of a large scale representation and what i kind of wanted to do was i thought about this and we talked a little bit and i said you know the best avenue is to sometimes just show people examples of what can be done and i looked at my so when i said i'm at an inflection point in my career wide body guy uh, making really good money at my airline have a lot of money in my TSP that I have not ported over because I actually like the aspect of being able to loan some money out of there as well as my 401k uh, to be able to put into um, real estate stuff, which is kind of a side thing. I have a couple of rental properties. Um, oh, I'm, good. I'm also invested in uh, in uh, Turbine Capital with Tate. Uh, I've got some money over there because I rolled over a Roth IRA and then I took a loan out of my TSP to invest with him. But I realized I'm like, I've got this money. Right, I've got it, and I'm I'm invested, and I've got some index funds, and I realized I was heavily market exposed. 
And I didn't necessarily know if I was like, I don't think this is the right, I don't feel right anymore. Like I feel I'm all in on the stock market. I feel like I don't necessarily have the best estate plan. If something were to happen to me or my wife right now, are we set up for my kids to be okay? Uh, you know, I've got a 529. I've got my post 911 GI benefit going to my kids. So I've got the, I think I have, I've started the foundation maybe even built some pillars, but honestly, I don't know what those pillars are holding up. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like you said, I'm flying around with, maybe I'm flying around with the gear up and the flaps down. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm flying with everything down. Maybe I'm as efficient as I could just by dumb luck. But I figured if we went through some of my stuff, maybe sans dollar signs, um, we can just talk through a little bit of where I'm at and that might help other people sure. to realize what they're going to do. So the, yep. fir the first thing I'll go through is my, my past history is, so I was, uh, I guess I was dumb. I'm, so I am not intelligent. I did not do well in school, uh, in high school. I had, I went, I, my first semester in college, uh, when I started ROTC, I got a 1.3 and was on the Dean's watch list <laughs> to be expelled from, uh, the university of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Uh, and then the next semester I got a 3.8 or 3.9, something like that. And went to the Dean's list and transferred to Marquette University where I finished up my career just around a 3.0. So nothing spectacular. I learned how to work the system, not necessarily uh, do well in school. It was poli sci to fly. And that's what I did. Uh, yeah. Complete. For those of you who are uh, uh, starting school, poli sci is a complete throwaway degree unless you continue to do that up to academia or you go into uh, the working for a politician or a lobby. And even then you will not use any of that information for anything other than reading the paper. So uh, take that as what it's worth. Uh, engineering, I, I should have majored in theater arts. I would have used it way more doing some voice acting stuff and on this podcast, but I didn't. Um, so I get into the military and I remember my mom and dad, I was talking about saving some money, but I didn't really understand that. So they had this TSP thing and I just said, okay, I'm going to put 10% of my salary away and I'm going to take all of my flight pay forever and ever and put that in the TSP. So I just did that right off the get-go. I took some loans from the TSP to pay off debt and stupid stuff like that as it went through. But I, I kept putting money in. And when I left the military, I had a fairly sized chunk of money in there, more than I thought I would have ever had. Uh, I got lucky with a few downturns and didn't, uh, when, the when things turned down, I didn't necessarily have a lot of money in the market. I had it like bond funds or whatever. And I got smarter about it as I went along because I watched. Um, so I have this money sitting there and I don't know necessarily, do I move it? Do I keep it there? It's, there's, you know, it's, it's so, there's so little being taken out for management fees. It's kind of beneficial that way. So I said, okay, that's, that's one historical thing. I also started some Roth IRAs back or a Roth IRA back in the day when I could, because now, uh, fortunately I make enough money per year to not be able to put any money in a Roth IRA directly, uh, without that's using, always a good thing. It's always a good thing without using the mega backdoor method. Um, and then of course I get hired at my airline and, and then uh, in between that I get hired at Atlas and I have money that's sitting in a, in my Atlas, uh, uh, some, a mutual fund, a 401k from Atlas. And I tried to move it a long time ago and they said, Hey, you got to go back to the company. I'm like, I have no idea how to go back to the company. Like I don't even know who to contact. So I realized that I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to let that sit there and I'll figure it out some other time. And then uh, I start with my current airline and they're put, I, I was putting money away, uh, maxing out my 401k and they were putting money in there. And then I realized, okay, um, I want to branch out into real estate, which I did. And I said, I no longer want to be so market heavily exposed. So I stopped invest. I stopped putting any money in the 401k and let them do all of that. And then I still invest uh, several percent, several several thousand dollars per month, maybe not several, but a lot of money per month into basically a cash count then that I can use to go invest outside of that. Um, as far as family stuff, I have a 529 that is set up for both kids. I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. The seven-year-old is pretty much funded fairly strongly at this point. Um, and my three-year-old is not so much, but I also have the post 9-11 GI benefit that is going to go to one uh, or the other, and then the 529 will go to the other one. As far as I'm concerned, if they don't go to college and they want to go to vocational school and become an electrician and run their own In fact, personally, I would rather have them do that. I could use an electrician around the house, number one. Number two, I think there's a much 
We all need a good electrician. We, yeah. Well, so <laughs> I, I was telling my wife this, and I go, if you walk into somebody who was a trades worker's house, and they uh, care about what their house looks like. Some of them don't, and they just do all their work on the outside. And they have their own business, and they're very smart about operating a business. They normally do just as well as any lawyer or doctor or pilot or engineer that's out there. And I don't necessarily, I'm not saying I care if my daughter wants to be a social worker. That's fine. She wants to do good for the, for the world. That's great. Um, I don't want her to go, be, go to Harvard to be a social worker. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course there's yeah. no, there's no reason to go, or I want to go to some liberal arts campus because it's got a cute campus in a cute city, um, mm -hmm. and pay $50,000 a year to go to school to ha take a job that pays $30,000 a year. Yeah. I think the world, the yeah. world needs people who are, who, for the lack of a better term, do-gooders. My wife was a elementary school music teacher and she loved what she did, but she didn't like the politics <clears throat> and the bureaucracy that came along with working in the public school so she left that to be a stay-at-home mom and i see I, I again i'm i my my kids can go and do whatever they want they just need to contribute something to society around them and who knows what it's going to look like in 15 years what the job market's going to look like totally different than what we have now so Probably, yeah. i have i have a fair amount of assets uh for a 45 year old uh, more than some less than others I'm not a novice investor. I've played around in the market. I've invested in single equities. I've never done any option trading or margin stuff. I don't touch that. That's gambling. I like to gamble on sports and play craps. So that's my gambling, not necessarily trade options. Um, but I looked at everything I have and without, you know, looking, diving into direct numbers, um, I look at everything that I have and I say, okay, I'm doing pretty well. And I look, I'm like a robo investor that I have that I look at what my number is going to be when I retire. And it's good. You know, it's, 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 it's in my mind ample, but I also know that that's if I work until I'm 62 years old. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to work at my airline until 62, but my kids are going to be hitting high school when I turn 54 and graduating right around 58, I'll be 58 ish or so. Um, let's see. Actually, the youngest one will graduate, I think, when I'm 54, and the oldest one will graduate when I'm around 56, 57. And I look at it going, do I want to have to be going out and flying an extra trip a month when I'm in my, when they're in eighth grade and, and ninth grade and they've got softball or they have a dance or a cheer competition or debate or whatever that I can be at. Can I, can I go and do something else with my career? Maybe it's, maybe it's, I'm, I'm able to drop trips. I'm able to uh, have a lighter schedule, or maybe it's, I have created a separate wealth path where now I can do something completely different. And, um, if voice acting is still around, AI is probably going to take that job for me, uh, in the future. So I probably don't have that option. Um, but can I go work at a golf course and make far less money and still have the optionality to be able to do that? And that's kind of where, what I'm interested in. So for I and my, uh, well, we can just take 35,000 foot view. Um, you and I can get into specifics at a later date. Um, but looking at a, a situation that I'm in what would you what would be your basic high level advice um without getting into uh before we, you know we got down to okay we're going to tweak this and move this here and do that and all that kind of stuff how would you handle a guy in my shoes and, and folks out there who might be similar you know um <clears throat> congratulations by the way to having done well at 45 years old uh you know we'd love you. to see that and and um you know, it, it, it's important and, and it means that you take it seriously. Unfortunately, very more often than not, the money part is not really taken that seriously by pilots because we just like to fly and we just like think, let's go do a trip. And, you know, it's one of those things that we do. And, you know, most, most pilots really don't start worrying about it until like 55, you know, and it's like, oh, geez, retirement's like around the corner, you know, I better start worrying about it. What do I have? Um, so, so kudos to you to having done that, uh, from such an early age, which is why you, where you are today. And now you have options, you know, the first thing that we do, uh, and, and the way I've always looked at us, Adam is, is, is basically this back in my day, the end game was always 60 years old. Oh, it, it just 65 was just not an option for yeah, us. Sure. Uh, um, you know, so the way I look at it as a professional pilot, 
especially today with all the benefits and all the pay that we're getting or that, that pilots are getting, um, you know, uh, the way I look at it is if you are working at 60 because you have to, not because you want to, something has gone wrong in your career. You have done something wrong financially because you've been given all the tools you needed in order to make that happen. And what that means is different for everyone, right? I mean, some people just don't need very much and you know, everybody's different. But whatever you do, you should be hitting 60 years old and flying because you want to, not because you have to. So when your kids go to baseball games and all that kind of stuff, you should be able to say, you don't want to drop this trip. I don't really care because yeah, I'm good no matter what. So the question becomes, how do you define that? How do you, how do you find I'm okay? So the first thing you got to do is you got to figure out, um, uh, well, really the first step, if you back up just a little bit, the first thing that we do always with every client, um, I'm, I'm an accredited investment fiduciary. Now, it's an actual thing behind my name, AIF. Uh, and there's certain things that I have to do a little bit different than from the most financial people is I have to clean up, clean up your stuff. I have to go into your garage, clean it out, get rid of all the stuff that you don't need, only keep what you have and consolidate wherever possible. Um, for multiple reasons, number one, Things are easier to track when you when things are easier to track for someone, uh, it's uh, less likely for something to go on the back burner. Uh, and in other, in other words, you, you know, you always have to stay on top of everything that you have. And then more importantly, uh, whatever it is that you have, uh, you should be able to make it so that it's working efficiently. Uh, but all the pieces like pieces of a puzzle they should be working independently, but congruently they should be working together to making a retirement goal, whatever that may be for somebody happen in the long term. Uh, one of the great thing about the, the airline career these days is that you make a lot of money. The really, really bad part about this career is that it's finite. You know exactly when the end game is, mm -hmm. which is kind of almost liberating in a sense, because you know what the goal is. It's not like, well, I'm just going to go to 77 or whatever. You know, do you know that 60, at least today, 65 is the end game. So you know, that defines your job a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So what I would first do with, with everything that you have is first of all, take a look at your TSP, the Atlas 401k, uh, the stuff that you have with uh, with, with the Turbine Capital, 529s and all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't really necessarily count necessarily count 529s because that's not part of your retirement. Sure. You did that first school. It, it doesn't really apply to you. So we usually leave those out. Uh, we're assuming that they're going to get eaten up by college expenses, whenever that may be. And then if they don't, we'll leave with that problem later on. But everything else that you have, uh, we first of all figure out what is it that you're, um, you know, how efficient are your investments? We try to get you number one out of mutual funds. We get, we get, especially out of four hundred one ks. Four hundred one ks tend to be one of the most expensive ones that are out there in terms of fees. Fidelity being one of them, and, and Atlas, their four hundred one k is with Fidelity. Yeah. Um, and you know, so that's one of the more expensive ones. Um, you know, for the for the do-it-yourselfers. Um, you know, if you're investing in the core options that they give you, you're roughly paying about 2% in fees and that alone, which is way too expensive. Uh, so we, we go in and we clean everything up to make sure that we're not doing anything in excess and that we are as lean as possible. And once we have that figured out, we'll sit down with you, uh, and, and, you know, your, your spouse, significant other, whoever it may be. Uh, and then we, which we, by the way, require that we don't talk to individuals alone. If they're married, we always talk to the couple because it involves both, both of them. Um, and we sit down, what is it that you're looking to do? What, what does you, what do you, how much do you cost if you were to project out, if you were to be retired today, and then you work the math backwards and then you figure, okay, in order for this to make this, in order to make that number happen. Uh, as professional financial planners, there's all kinds of ways that we can get to that point. But we sit down and figure out what it is that you guys are, how you are, what you are, the risk tolerances, all the lot, lot of things go into it. We'll basically say, based on your needs and based on what you're looking to do, we what we do is we basically lay out a buffet of options for you. It's like, you can do it this way. This is the pros and cons of this. You can do pros and cons of that. Give you three or four different options of, of how to go about it. Um, and then we give you the information that you need in order to decide what you want to do. Okay. You said something really significant earlier that you kind of don't really know where you are, right? Yeah. That's that that's a that's that's a big problem that needs to be solved, especially as you get closer to retirement. Uh, you know, so because pilots are not dumb people; they're very intelligent. You know, they're they're they're, they're very capable, great motor skills, all those kinds of things. It's not that they don't have the ability to know. How the financial industry works the problem is nobody gives you the information mm -hmm. 
know, so you have to find somebody that gives you all of the data that you need in order to make smart financial decisions. And then we, at, at my company, we feel it's our job to implement those things, whatever it is that you decide to do um, in the best way possible, because you don't have that ability. We have access to things that you don't have access to our licenses. I mean, I'm a professional investor, so I, I, I can do a lot more things than you can, than you can as a retail investment customer. So it's my job to implement, but the first first and foremost thing that you have to do is to figure out what it is that you're looking to do, how to go about it, giving you the information to make the decision so that when you, when you make that decision, you're never saying, gee, I wonder if I did the right thing or not, because I don't know. I think I did. Maybe I did. I don't know. That yeah. should never be part of your vocabulary. You should know, hey, I did this because of this, and that was because of that was happening at the time I made that decision. And that decision will change at some point. It's a dynamic world. But today, you should know this is what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and where I'm going. Just like, just like an airplane, when you push those throttles forward, you know exactly where you're going. You know, going to know exactly what you're going to do. If something bad happens. Uh, if you get an engine failure after we won, you know exactly what you're going to do. You train for it, you brief for it, you did all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, for you, an engine failure on takeoff is a nuisance. It's not an emergency. The thing will fly. It's, yeah. it's up to you to keep it straight. Yep. Right. If you don't know what you're doing, then it's an emergency. You're probably going to crash the plane. Yeah. But that's not the case. Any financial journey that you go on all this stuff has to be figured out before you push the throttles forward does that make sense yeah it makes total sense so that's what we that's what we do initially with your stuff and really anyone's stuff is to figure all that stuff out investments those are just tools it's just a tool bag and that, that tool bag's constantly changing we sure. may have a couple of snap-on tools we may have some milwaukee tools who cares it doesn't matter that stuff's available so it, it's also important to be associated with somebody that can do all of it that doesn't work for a particular company or doesn't have an ulterior motives of selling you something that, yeah. that's really important too um but figuring out you know before you leave the gate you got to have your flight plan figured out yeah that's exactly the same analogy that you need to use with your investments and and it requires a little bit of work and, and some investment of time on on both sides and and uh, we do that for free by the way for pilots we don't charge pilots for that okay uh, it's a it's a very very uh good and uh, uh, educational exercise to go through uh, I'd say. <laughs> with someone just to teach them because it's not that you can't understand it. You're smart enough. Just nobody's giving you the data. No. You know? it, yeah. Right. I mean, uh, for those of you out there are sports fans and if the listeners of this podcast, I'm a sports nut. Uh, there is a great 30 for 30 on ESPN called broke. It's a little older, but it's all about the essentially the four major sports and how many athletes who make far more money in a short period of time than a pilot would and how many of them go bankrupt after they're done with their playing careers yep. and the point that i always looked at was going you know how could they how could they how could they have this how could they have that problem um I, some of it goes to yeah where some of these guys came from they came from abject poverty and with, for the first time in their life were given money that they never thought they could ever have um and they went and they just spent all of it. And I remember the NBA instituted back in the 90s, early 90s, I believe, was this rookie symposium, which has morphed quite a bit. And the NBA is one of the least bankrupt of all sports for these pro athletes. And it was because they took the time to give them a data set of there is here's here's a game plan. And this is stuff that you need to do to go out and make this money work for you. And uh, I think that this is something that, I mean, just again, we've only hit, we haven't even really scratched the surface here, folks, but this is what I'm planning on doing with Alex here in the very near term, because I'm, like I said, I'm at an inflection point and I have, uh, we have a lot of big upcoming costs that we need to do with our house. We have stuff that's kind of falling apart. We've had our eighth, eighth or ninth power outage at our house in the seven years we've lived here. And, uh, the summer it's doable. You know, you get by in the winter, totally different story up here. Uh, we didn't have it nearly as bad as some of our friends who heat been out for four or five days. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. And when it's sub sub zero and the, the temperature in the house is getting down into the upper forties, you know, it's going to keep dipping and you can have a lot of, a lot of damage, a lot of issues, which creates more of a financial burden. So I want to get out ahead of these things, but also realizing that if I'm going to put a just we'll take the power outage thing. If I'm going to put a backup generator in my house instead of go solar, because I live in Wisconsin and solar is not the best option up here, it right. might cost me $9,000 to install a backup generator that's on natural gas. Well, $9,000, yeah, I can go fly a premium paid trip or two and go ahead, pay all that stuff off like it's no big deal. 
But the reality is that's nine grand that's coming out of my pocket that I can't go use to, to effectively further my career down the road. And we have, we have house housing costs, stuff like that, that, that come up over time. For those of you who are young, you just bought a brand new house, you built a new house or whatever, and you think, oh, this is great. Well, guess what? In 15 years, that house isn't going to be brand new anymore. And you, if you're 25 right now, you're going to be 40. You're going to be in my boat. That house is going to start to look a little older. Things are going to start to break down. You're going to have to spend money that you didn't necessarily want to spend on that. And right. for those of you who think that there is no furlough coming or that there is no downturn, I beg to differ, and not because I've been through it personally, but I've watched it happen to countless friends. This industry has a way of telling you that it still has a lot of control of your life when you least expect it. So uh, these and are on all- that note, by the way, just yeah, as a quick side note, yeah. uh, Liquid Spirit guys from as of yesterday, yeah. you know, they're, they're in the, they're in the danger now of liquidating yeah. because they, the merger with JetBlue got blocked. Who would have thought that spirit guys were flying high with the pay and all that kind of stuff. And you make a lot of money at spirit. Yeah. Now all of a sudden there's a possibility of the airline liquidating. Yeah. I mean, where'd that come from? Yep. And yeah. this is the regional game has been going on for a long time to move into kind of that world is the regional game has been going on for a long time and they're paying a lot of money to people right there. How long can that last? Nobody really knows. We, we don't necessarily like, the books may look good today, but they may look terrible tomorrow. We all know, for those of you who listen to other podcasts, have listened to this podcast, have talked to people, the hiring downturn isn't going, isn't happening, but the hiring cooling has, is going to. They, every major airline has revamped their hiring forecast after the summer. And it's, it's, there is a, a general slowing that has been talked about. So this, these jobs are going to be a little bit more competitive to come by. If you've waited a little bit longer to get out and for the, for a lot of the regional guys out there, regional gals too, uh, I, I use guys in the, in the non-gender format or whatever, but think about it this way. You get make, you're making all this money. You're like, I'm just going to hold off because I don't want to take a pay cut. Well, you're holding off may have just put you in behind the power curve when they slow down you may not have the competitive numbers to keep up with the person who is going to get hired. And if they decide to slash all the bonus and slash everything else, you're going to be back to a pay scale that was much less. And if you went and you spent that money that should have been used mm -hmm. to forward your, your velocity in your career, you're, you're still at square one. You, you have no, like you're back at square one. So these are all things. And, and to wrap that up, uh, to come and talk to somebody who won, and Alex, what I really like here is not only are you a professional in the financial industry and you've had a lot of experience and you have a lot of assets under management, as we talked about earlier, uh, before we went on uh, live, um, you're also one of us. Like you can talk to us on a level that you can break it down and be like, okay, listen, I get where you're at. And I've seen the, I've seen the ugly part of the industry and I've seen, and now I'm watching it great. And you're happy for all the guys that are great, but you know what could be around the corner. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's get ourselves ready for that. Uh, I'm not talking about being a prepper. You should still go out and have fun with that money, <laughs> right? Like I, I still have fun. I mean, I'm more of an experience. Don't go underground yet. Adam. Yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> Only when I'm doing the podcast. Like uh, I, I like to go out and have fun with my money and experiential stuff with my kids and my friends and my wife, but I'm not a thing person. And I know other people who are thing people and not necessarily experiential people. And that's cool, but having that nest egg built and, and feeling, feeling secure in that area. And, yeah. uh, and, and you just give me a little brief, a, a touch of it. And we're going to get more into that. Uh, Alex and I are personally, and I hope that you will go and reach out to, uh, to, uh, the folks at ARS and talk to Alex, Alex, where can people reach you? How can they get more information? I know you have your own podcast on YouTube. How can they come and get more, uh, information from you directly so they can start their own journey and, and, and map out that flight plan for themselves? Yeah, thanks, Adam. Uh, you, you know, before I do that, if I might, I'll, I'll add something, a little something to 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 give Please perspective to, to to the pilots that um, uh, you know are coming up, or even even mid career, or even maybe towards the end of their career, uh, which I'm sure some of these listen to your podcast as well. Um, you know, you get a point to a point in time, and and if you're mid careers at a major airline, uh, you're probably at the stage where you you have some zeros in your investment accounts, mm -hmm. and uh, you get a, to get to a point in time where you start realizing, wow, I, there there's something here. I actually need need to start taking care of it now because it's a significant amount, and you never really expected that to be there, 
But once you see, it's like, wow, I need to start taking care of it. So financially, and, and not just pilots, but people in general, they get to a point uh, where they really they, they, it's very necessary to them for them to grow up financially. You know, it's one thing to have fifty thousand um, uh, dollars, you know, an investment account. That's great. But when you start having 500 plus, you know, there's certain things that there, there's a world that opens up to you that most people are pilots aren't even aware of. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to start taking things a little bit more seriously. And it's not a gamble anymore. You have to like, truly take care of it again, because it's a finite career. And then that's why it's so, so important to do that. So what we are to, to the general pilot, professional pilot population, basically we, we are the business end of your career. We help guide you along and give you the advice uh, and strategies and all the things that you need to make smart financial decisions to give you the best statistical probability so that again, hopefully you're doing this at 60 because you want to now because you have to. Uh, and there's, there's multiple ways to do that. It's different for everyone. So when you get to that point, even if we way before that point, because we offer this, or it doesn't, we, we don't care about your account value. We, we'll, we'll take you out with 10 bucks. It doesn't really matter. If you're a professional pilot, the door's wide open here. So for, but to have a, a business person in your back pocket to help you deal and navigate a really complicated world is paramount in financial success. Instead of you picking out a guy somewhere in a parking lot, somewhere in, you know, some guy named Ed, you know, that that's in some shopping strip, um, you know, because that that's not going to, they don't know the financial industry. And as far as, you know, in this world anyway, I don't think there's anybody else that knows the airline world like I do. Uh, and more importantly, operate at the top of the financial world like I do to be able to combine those. It's a huge asset to have for somebody. And it's much, much cheaper to deal with us um, than to do it on your own because we are whole, we basically operated at a wholesale level. You guys operated at a retail level, which is, you know, you're buying $200 Nike shoes when we go to the factory and buy, buying for six bucks. It's it's literally that kind of a difference. So it's important to 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 be open to that conversation and leave the ego aside and you know, put the walls down and say hey this is what i got fully pants on what can we do here you know and uh it, it's 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 crucial so back to the how to contact us you know i do all my own branding i do all my own marketing everything like that um so it's very easy pilotmoney.com it, it's it all it all kind of flows together yeah uh, and uh, we have a, a great um, informational podcast uh, channel on YouTube. It's called the Pilot Money Podcast. So if you go to www.pilotmoney.com, uh, that's our website, our contact information. You can reach me here, 281-272-2229 is our office number. Uh, we don't have a call center. It goes directly to me and my direct team. Uh, I'm always available uh, as well. And, uh, you know, pilot money, it's very simple, easy, easy to remember. And, and it, 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 it encompasses everything that we do. Yep. And yeah, a pilot and his money combined. Pilot, makes, and his money. Yeah, pilot, pilot, money, pilot money makes sense. And yeah. I, and I will be reaching, uh, actually we're going to talk after we're done here about, uh, setting up a date and time for me. Uh, but I will link everything in the show notes, uh, as well. Uh, so people can come see it and you're coming to TPNX 2024. Uh, if I look, yep. 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 one of our there. first vendors who signed up and, uh, we're going to get them out of that warm Houston environment, even though it's not been great warm down there, we'll bring you up to Minneapolis and you can see the other side, how we live in April. Cause it ain't, uh, well, it ain't we, uh, we can't wait. We've, uh, you know, you're. Adam, I want to commend you on, on, on a fantastic job at these conferences that you do. Uh, for us, they've been very, very successful. Uh, Thank you. Very appreciative that you let us be there. And uh, But you guys are just doing an amazing job. There's, You know, we go to a lot of conferences. There's a tour right around yep. the country. Where yeah, there's a tour. OBAP and, and you know, they, they all do their thing, mm -hmm. right? And we go to all of them. Uh, we're a pretty significant part of all of them. But I want to say you guys are probably one of the top ones, and 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 that a lot of credit to you, uh, Matt, and and everybody else, all the volunteers. Just a, just a, um, it, it's it's just it's just a great event, and uh, I wish they had that when I was coming around, you know, during my time when I was young trying to get a career. So it's so helpful the networking alone. You guys do an amazing job. Well, thank you very much. We try, uh, and this year, um, gonna there's gonna be some, uh, uh differences a little bit more experiential stuff so we're excited about that uh i can't i can't wait um some of the announcements in fact there will be a uh, there'll be another announcement here shortly we've got some airlines that have committed which should uh excite some people we've got ticket sales are going to start here shortly okay. uh there'll be a yeah there's going to be a bonus podcast next week uh after uh, uh or a bonus podcast that's released shortly after this one um with you to uh to kind of tickle the fancy of some folks out there 
um, yeah. talk about a few of our vendors that are going to come by. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and Minneapolis, hey, uh, th- and this is what I've been telling a lot of people. Minneapolis in April could be 60 degrees and we're going to be playing golf. Or it could be uh, 30s and snowing. Um, yep. I have no idea. I've been up there during both. So the Twin Cities, we have no idea. And the other thing, um, so t- this is completely off the beaten path. Uh, but I just watched a wonderful documentary on um, Netflix called The uh, Saint of Second Chances. Uh, it's about a Major League Baseball owner's son who ended up uh, getting into minor league baseball, and he owned the St. Saint Paul Saints. It's a very heart, heartwarming and uh, touching story. There's some, there's some really sad stuff that happened to this guy as well. But he was, he's just one of these people that he's electric. I, I, I would love to meet the man. Um, and, uh, I really want to go to a St. Paul saints game. They basically, all the goofy stuff that started at baseball games had, was started by this guy. So, oh, really? yeah. Wow. So I, I, and the St. Paul saints have the goofiest stuff that goes on during any of the games. So it was like, man, I want to take, it's a place to take your kids and all this kind of stuff. Tickets sell out all year long. So I'm going to try We're going to try to get up there and go early with the family. Um, but there's a lot to do up there for those of you who, who can make it. If you can't bring your family, there's there's Mall of America, which uh, for a lot of us isn't our thing. But if you have kids, it's Legoland. It's all that stuff built into one building, roller coaster. It's, they will have the time of their life. Yeah. I know my kids are going. They're already My wife's already planning it. We're bringing the mother-in-law to go up there and have a fun, fun little time with them. So because, as you said, you don't talk to the pilot alone. The pilot has to bring their spouse or significant other on board. They do. Yep. Everything that we should start to do in our career, even when we're single, is manifest the rest of your life. And, and you don't have to pick the direct path, but realize that your family is going to be part of that decision. And if that family is one in you and that's all it is for the rest of your career, awesome. But if you have kids, uh, a spouse, if you have people who depend on you, you have to think all these decisions impact them as well as you. Uh, for yep. instance, I'm a commuter for life. That's for happiness in my spouse and kids and my whole family. Sure. I don't yeah. necessarily love being a commuter, but that's what my life entails. And I'm, you know, I've kind of like, I've morphed into using commuting as a time to be productive in my life instead of a time to go, woe is me, I hate commuting, this is awful, I'm tired. I've realized that I've had to shift my perspective. And I think what you've said to me is shifting your perspective in the way that you look at the flight plan of your financial future is what you guys do and what you do in spades. And that's what we want to get the pilot member network out there to go take a look at and take advantage of the opportunity that you're giving them. So head over to thepilotmoney.com. Alex and the folks at uh, ARS will take care of you. And uh, for those of you out there who want to get a hold of Matt or I, remember, hey guys at thepilotnetwork.com. You can reach us anytime with any comments, concerns, complaints, critiques, or just saying we're doing a heck of a job. Uh, we get those emails all day long, um, but we would, uh, uh, the more the merrier. Uh, and if you are flying out there, make sure you keep that shiny side up and the greasy side down. Fly safe, everybody. Yes, yes, yes.